passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash. I'm here with former 76ers point guard, Eric Snow, and my brother, Tage Dash. Guys, how are we doing? It's finals week. Doing good. How are you? Pumped. Yeah, pumped. You know, finals week, you know, I'd be more pumped if, it was obviously if our guys were in, but you know, I'm I, it's fun rooting for the uh, for the Warriors, you know. Like that at first when they started that dynasty, they were young bucks. Now they're like at like the, the the older guys now. So it's like kind of they kind of have a little bit of an underdog feel, even though they're they're all the favorites. But yeah. like you know, I, I feel like they've kind of become that underdog being the older guys now. Yeah, I mean no one, you know, they because they won and then they kind of went away. Yeah. Um, so so as time went on, now all of a sudden um, they're playing. You know, they're still there, but it's the opponents have changed. Mm-hmm. So it kind of feels different. A lot of the opponents are younger, like you said. Yeah. yeah. They had a little rough patch there. Now they're kind of back. So it's like, it's not the, uh, a few years ago, it was boring for them to win because they were doing it every year. But now it's like, oh yeah, I forgot. They used to be, they used to be really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so with that, um, uh, let's make some uh, finals predictions. Um, I'll, I'll start off here. I'll take out uh, Warriors in six. I hate to just copy that, but I think um, I was on the cusp of five, but I, I will go, I'll go, I'll go Warriors in six as well. And I'm going to be the thumb and I'm going to say the Celtics in six. Good man. Uh, you know, being on a 76 ers podcast, you know, I, just, I feel like I, I could, I couldn't be the uh, Boston guy. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who to root for last series. I didn't want – I wanted to be like a tie and they both go home between Miami and Boston, to be honest with you. But, you know, can't someone has to win. Yeah. Eric, Eric, what did you think of the um, – this is something that everyone's like kind of making fun of Jimmy Butler for, the, that three that he pulled up for at the end of that game. That, did you, would you like that shot or no? I mean, I, when he shot it, I was surprised that he shot it. Um. 
And the reason why I was surprised is because I felt that him kind of going full speed um, in transition that he could have gotten to the rim and at least scored or gotten fouled. Yeah. Basically a one-on-one. So that, that was, that was why I was shocked. I think if the defense was set and he see, he had a crowd of people behind him and he didn't think he'd get to the rim and they left him wide open. I think that um, you take that shot, um, but it was no balance. Like, it was no, nobody there to get an offensive rebound. So it was almost like the shot had to go in. Um, or it was like it was tough for you to win, or tough for you to, unless they missed those free throws, which they, you know, didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Horford, Horford was like back playing. I think that Mark Jackson, then they pointed out how he was back back playing to get back on defense. And he could have he could have had him if he if taken to the lane. Yeah, I, I think that he I think he would have scored because I, I know Al would have tried to contest it, but I, I'm sure that Al would have been very conscious of fouling them and mm-hmm. getting an and one. Um, so I think he would have either kind of just, you know, soft contest or just take the foul and not even let him shoot it, um, which could get tricky at the end of the game. So, you know, taking the foul like that. So I was shocked being that, you know, he wasn't really as effective taking threes like he, you know, like, as he was, you know, getting into the paint and shooting the mid-range shot. But, you know, I guess, you know, they they didn't seem to, um, you know, at least publicly, they didn't seem to um, disagree with it. Yeah. I speak for a lot of Sixer fans uh, that I've seen on social media when I say, how come, how come Harden's not getting those Butler calls? <laughs> Butler was getting calls every time. That's what, that's what Harden used to get like four years ago when he went to the rack. Yeah. yeah, it's frustrating. He's he's yeah. he's good at drawing fouls. It's a different kind of draw, a, fa- a foul draw too, though. It, it's um, Butler's really crafty, just you getting in his way, whereas Harden kind of goes right at you and forces the refs to kind of blow the whistle. Whereas Butler acts like he's going to go one way and just and he kind of just meets the defender there and like you know does that whole thing. Yeah, I, I think the biggest difference to me is um. Jimmy doesn't come off like he's flopping as much. Not to say James does it, but his particular his body his body language doesn't come off as as a flopping action. Yeah. When I think James, you know, gets a gets a bad look from referees when he does that cuz I think he was sort of the poster child from the league making that change. Mm, and I yeah. think that kind of affects him. It's definitely a lot more obvious when Harden is going for the foul call, whereas Jimmy makes it look like, hey, I was trying to score. He just fouled me. Whereas yeah. Harden just like does that whole thing and like, so, so it, it, it kind of it almost looks like a flop more so than Jimmy, even though yeah. it's much the same. Yeah. Um <clears throat> I also thought another thing in that in that game was kind of fishy. Spolster kind of talked about it in his press conference was the uh the the three they took away from from uh, Struce, which happened like like well like a couple of possessions after the fact it was like six minutes had gone by or something like that and they took they took away the three he said he stepped out of bounds I just thought that was weird because yeah I, I, you know, usually you see that at the, at the next dead ball but like a, minutes went by and they, they they took that shot away I just thought that was odd yeah it was odd the timing and and, the, and they announced it on television like mm-hmm. they didn't even like you didn't hear you didn't hear we didn't get to see a referee make the announcement. And at the same time, it was from the angle that they show, I didn't think it was clear. 
Yep. <laughs> yeah. There's like a shadow between maybe, his heels. Maybe from other angle, angles, but from the angle they I seen it, it wasn't very clear to me. Yeah, that was uh, that was odd. Uh, I know. I mean, we we had there was a bunch of missed calls in our series too. So you know, I'm, I'm not gonna yeah, I'm not gonna be too. That's always gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be too sad for the Heat fans. Um, but uh, okay, so as we get into uh, this episode, um, I mean, pretty much if you go on uh, Twitter, you type in Sixers, there's a bunch of hypothetical trades out there from Bleacher Report, ESPN. Everyone's got these trades going up, um, and, and SB Nation too. Everyone's talking about uh, what the Sixers can do this offseason, what are possible trades out there. So what we did was we kind of compiled compile the, probably the, the most uh, hyped up trades on Twitter. Um, we obviously talked about the Beal for Maxi trade last week, so we won't even get into that one. We talked ad nauseum on that one. But um, lots of trades, um, a lot of Tobias-focused trades. So we're going to get into them and see what you guys think and how that could be graded out for um, the Sixers uh, this off. Is, is the season. Is the season. <laughs> um, so, okay, so the first hypothetical trade uh, that I've seen that's gotten a lot of traction online, um, Sixers would be tr- would trade Matisse Thibel and then our 23rd pick, if the Nets don't give that to us, um, if the Nets do give it to us and they don't want to take it this year, um, at, to Oklahoma City for uh, Lugans Dort. Um, so I'm a huge Dort fan, uh, and I love this trade, but what do you guys think about uh, that potential for trade? So our 23rd, Matisse for Dort. Uh, to me, that's a tough one because I think with Dort, it kind of depends on how they envision using him. And also the kind of contract they envision giving them. Um, I think that it's it's I need to see a little more um, because you know if you're opening up and you're taking away, you know that pick. Like, how are you? What are you going to do to replace it? Are you going to get a free agent? Or are you going to get a another young guy on a, a, a you know minimum contract? I, I'm not necessarily crazy about that um, because I you know I, I do like him. I don't know how it will fit with us, but I do like his defense and his toughness. I do like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to play three? Like, like, what does this move Maxi to the bench? I just got to see a little more for me to kind of be overly convinced on this particular trade. Yeah, Tej, I know you're a big Dort fan. We've talked about his hype being a uh, being a playing a three at his at his kind of stature. What do you think about this? Yeah, I, I think if they did it, I, I would think they'd have that in mind. He is undersized. He, he's jacked up, but he's not tall. I think he's like six three. So um, he plays big, and he I've seen him even guard Durant on play. So he can switch, and he can guard bigger defenders. So I, I would assume they would try to put him at three. Um, I do like the deal, though. I mean, man, Thibel's just been so up and down uh, for me. As far as a pick 23 goes, I'm cool with it because Doc doesn't really like playing rookies anyway. So we're giving away the next, like, blue coach starter by, by giving away 23. He's not going to play more than five minutes next year, let's be honest here. Um, contractually, Thibel has pretty much two more years under team control because we had this next year, and then he's a, a restricted free agent after that. Um, Dort only has this year. So the main reason why I think OKC might do it is so they'd have control over a really good defender for two more years instead of having to give pretty much Dort the contract like this next year. Um, to me, I would think it's worth the risk if they think, yeah, he can play three. We can just lock him in at three. 
He's a much better scorer. Um, I think Matisse is good at picking passing lanes and being a weak side blocker. He's one of the best in the league at that. I think Dort might be a better on-ball defender, though, as far as just locking a guy down. Um, but, yeah, I, I I like it a lot. I mean, if but, yes, you need to know, you know, is he going to be a lock-in player at three? Um, he shoots better at three-point percentage, I think 34 and 33% the last two years. And Thibault actually surprisingly shot 31. So he's only 2% points less than him. Yes, Dort shoots seven a game and Tybal shoots two a game. That's a huge difference. So I'm, but you know, I Thibel has improved in the last two years, maybe on one percentage point. But I mean, if he could just take a jump at threes, this would be a non. We wouldn't even be talking about this if Thibel could average even eight a game. But four and five a game when we're playing four on five on offense, it's it's rough, man. We 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 saw we saw what it does to us in the playoffs when you're playing with one man down on offense. We can't we can't afford that to have that happen. Yeah, I think um, I don't. What, what do you guys think about this? So the fact, let's say we do have him at play him try play him at three. Maxi Harden him. Those are all two. Those are three guys six five below. And then that's and, and we talked about how we got it kind of got outboarded in that heat game. We didn't have the we hadn't the size nor the. Uh, kind of the um the tenacity, but I think Dort would bring the kind of that aggression and tenacity on, on the team. But as far as the height, that's just something you can't really account for. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's tough. I think that, you know, it, that it sounds enticing um, with stuff Tasia said, but it still leaves, you know, questions to some of the issues yeah. that we had in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's plug and play, but you still have more to address. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be that's not the kind that's not the kind of deal where you're like, all right, off season done. Let's go to next season. I think that would be like a one of like two to three more deals that we would have to maybe do to get this team right, especially if you're limited in free agency. But yeah, no, I think um I think it would give us the dog aspect we're looking for. We still we wouldn't lose defense with him and we get more offense. I mean, you're at I don't think he'd average 17 points per game with us anyway next year. But, you know, if you gave a guy who played really good defense at three and gave us like 11 points a game, I think that's a huge win. I mean, if Thibault could average 11, man, we'd lock him down for the next like five years. So, you know. You don't think you get there? At this rate? Yeah, he'd get there by the time he's like 32. <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, within, you know, I, I, you think how, how, on, on, on just a, a question, like how far off do you think Bible is from Mikael Bridges. Hmm. Gosh, I wish I think the gap is that big. He shot. The thing is, Bible shots doesn't look that bad. It's like every time you see him shoot, you're like, okay, this. Ah, oh. that's yeah, I how think I think the, the difference with Mikael is Mikael has always shot in threes. Like he shot threes in college, so he mm-hmm. can get there. So his confidence is is there, but he has times where his confidence doesn't look as high. But he does so many, you know, he slashes, he runs in transition. I mean, I still see Mikael Bridges as a defender that gets points for them, but I don't see him. I mean, I know they all say they're three and Ds, but he slashes and gets points other ways. Like, no, he does. I, he I does. Think I the same kind of mode. Yeah, and, and we don't have to rush with Thiawanda. Like, we have two more years of them. So, I think the problem is, though, if you are going to trade Thibault, to maximize it, this would be the year to do it because in an, on top of his low salary, some other team could be like, damn, you guys have him for two more years at that price? 
okay, yeah, that's that's a that's an asset. If we yeah, wait one more works. year, we can wait to see if he develops it. But if he doesn't, then we lost a lot of value there. That would be the only ticker on that. Got it. So it's hard. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I I've always wanted. I wanted Thibault to just slowly become Danny Green. Is what I've always wanted. Just slowly, slowly but surely, I, he needs to shoot more if he wants to do it, though. Because I mean, he, the most the most shots he averaged. Guys have made the transition. That's that's what I'm saying. Like they have made that transition, yeah. and I think sometimes, um, and I think this year was you know because last year we had Ben and Ben got so much attention about not shooting. Or, or and, and we know all know how that went, mm-hmm. but I think this was the first year Bible sort of had the pressure of, dude, you got to go and you got to make corner three. Yeah, yeah. So I think now for the first time he kind of understands um, because you can hear it all the time, but when that experience is the best teacher. So now he kind of like, oh, okay, I have to not only get in the gym and make these shots, but I got to get in the gym and make these shots in the pressure moments, the pressure shot where you, you, you taking a shot one or two shots a quarter and you haven't touched the ball in minutes and you got to make that shot. Yep. It's a different shot. That's a different game. And that's, that's what a lot of people don't understand about guys shooting the ball and saying they got to make shots when they don't touch the basketball at all, but you got to make that shot. But that's why they get paid the big money because you do knock it down. But I, I've seen guys develop into it, you know, PJ Tucker. Like, you can go down the line. You've seen guys that kind of get to that point. Bruce Bourne was the main guy from that. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bruce Bourne was, was getting the hacker shack, but in, in, in leading the, the league three point percentage at one time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's at funny. At the same time. So, um, you, you have to, it can happen. I just I think some of it's gonna come down to, you know, how confident he he can be and 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 are they going to stick with him and the team is going to give him the confidence that he can be that guy because I think that matters also. And do we have that patience? Because there is a window now. There's a definitive yeah, window. So the team is going to give him that confidence. I think if if they don't, then I don't see it getting better. Yeah, because we're like you know with Harden and and Embiid, there's a definitive window for this team. Do they think Thibault can become anything close to what they wanted him to be in that window? That's the thing you have to decide before his contract comes up, which is two years. So, I mean, yeah, I would have liked to see a little more progress this year. But, yeah, this was the first real year that he didn't have, you know, another guy like Ben on his team. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Now, when we're talking about um, just kind of – just sort of trying to gauge the value of a first round pick. So last year, Jaden Spring was our, was our was our first round pick, and um, and uh, instead of let's say we kept the, 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 this first round pick, which is kind of a, a higher value uh, asset, Jaden Springer or that first round pick? Because I mean, we don't really know what Jaden Springer can bring to the table as far as what he can do in the, on the uh, NBA level because he only played a couple of minutes throughout the season. Um, so would you say that uh, a first round pick that's or Jaden Springer is kind of more of a valued asset. Well, I think Jaden Springer having a year with the with the team should be the more value uh, because he's been in the system. Okay. He knows some knows the players, so you know even though he hasn't played very much, he's practiced. He got a feel for things, so he's more inclined to be the guy to step in and be able to hit the court, you know, rolling and and getting things going. Um, 
the only way I can see a guy coming in this this coming draft is if he's a a true plug and play as far as fits a need. Um, you say it's rebounding the guy that just come in, he's just a you know a bull on the boards, or we know he's not going to be a shooter because those guys just don't last to twenty three. Um, so I just otherwise I don't really see a guy that's coming in is going to be that skilled that late um, unless somebody's a young guy that, you know, just blossoms as soon as you get to the league. You you have instances like that because some guys are so skilled or so talented, but the college game doesn't really allow for them to be that guy. But the NBA game does. So it does happen. Um, I just think it's going to be fitting a need because it's, it's not going to be many options for guys to just come and get the basketball or get plays and calls. That's just not going to happen with, with the guys that we have on our team. Yeah. A lot of teams like the, uh, what's under the box instead of the, the, of the item. You know what I mean? Like eh, the potential for more might be the reason why I want it. Like, let's see what's under the box. It could be worse. It could be a lot worse. It could be nothing under the box really. So yeah. But yeah. I, also then maybe teams just want the ability to develop that player from like the onset. Like, Oh, you, you already, you already wasted a year in your programs. You come over here, we're going to have to unteach teach. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I do think though. Yeah. If, if it's a team that we called and said, Hey, who do you want at 23? They're like, all right, we do actually want this guy. Um, and we know how drafts are. We NFL draft, NBA draft. We get like the potential of these guys that we haven't seen yet. It's almost like um, I just I have a feeling it's kind of like like taking a car off the lot. Like the moment you take the car off the lot, it loses like a percentage of its value. I feel like with the draft, it's kind of the same way. It's like oh Springer, we saw what he did, but it's like well you know he didn't really get playing time. You didn't really see what he could do, but it's like now, but the guy that's coming out, like that's the guy I think is going to be ridiculous. (laughs) Of course he is because he hasn't played yet, and it's the same people that the same people that did all the rating. On the previous guys, same people are saying this guy's better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, I mean it's it's, but you're right though. You're a guy who you know Springer didn't look bad. He just didn't really get an opportunity. So it's like why why should he get dinged for that? But I mean I'm sure he does have value. It just it's not as much if he had a great rookie season compared to like maybe a guy that played for a really bad team who got 20 minutes and you know bulk put up stats on a bad team, it didn't matter at all in garbage time. Right. So it's hard. Yeah. Um, Okay. So the next uh, hypothetical trade, this one actually, uh, when I, when I was doing the searching, this actually got, has more traction from Mavericks fans. Mavericks fans actually want this, this trade, which is the, I I would do this trade to Harpy, but well, I want to get your opinion on it. So in this trade scenario, our Sixers would trade Tobias Harris, Furkan Korkmaz, Shake Milton to the Dallas Mavericks for Davis Protons, Reggie Bullock and Tim Hardaway Jr. And but Tim Hardaway's coming off an uh, uh, I think an ACL or an Achilles injury, something like, like, a, like a bad injury. Foot or ankle or something. Yeah. Was it ankle? Okay. Um, Foot or ankle, one of them. Yeah, it wasn't ACL. Yeah. So, so obviously we know what Tim Hardaway's done in the in the NBA. So, um, what would you, uh, would you guys do this trade? Well, how would you grade this? Because Mavericks fans actually want this trade badly. I see. I see why they want it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Oh, you no, wouldn't, you do, wouldn't it. do it for the Sixers? Yeah. No. No. I wouldn't do that. It it, it fixes our depth problems. 
Yeah, but are you taking away a starter? What starter are you 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 bringing in a starter that plays the position that everybody loves the, the player everybody loves? Yeah, you're not you're not bringing in a a, a starter at the same position. So who's going to play Tobias' position? Yeah, that would be that was my only. That was my only concern, really, because you're fixing our depth problems with this. I get it. You're giving us the three. Bullock can start a three. He's a pretty good defender. He can hit open shots. Good wing shooter. Um, Hardaway, you'd either start at two and bring Maxi off the bench, or you'd go still start Max if you want to and bring Hardaway off the bench. Either way, your sixth man would be damn good at that point. Yes. Um, I think on the perimeter, we set. Yeah. But and then you got a big gap right there. Is Bertans your starting four? You're getting no. paid like it. That's for sure. He's not. Um, I mean, he, he what he's supposed to do is bring the, sh- the shooting. Yes, yeah. that's there. But I, I don't. I don't necessarily see him as a starting four um, with us because the shooting. He makes shots, but he hasn't made them like they expected with the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely is not going to help us on the rebounding. You all said we got killed in the rebound. No, we're not helping the rebound. I just don't see how it I don't see how this move takes us to getting closer to getting the championship. I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't it's, think it's, it's an even trade. I mean, it's even we don't we're no better at worst. I mean at best to me. Now, what if I told you because we would have the, the mid-level exception, we'd have the $10 million to spend on somebody. What if I told you we got Bobby Portis to be our four with Bertans off the bench? I would I would like that. That's why I said sometimes it depends on what else goes well, into it. Yeah, what the wheels in motion are. Now, now, I, I would probably more inclined to, to say yes with that because Bobby is a guy that can play with Joel and be, behind Joel. And he can make a shot and he can rebound. He can defend. Great guy for that position. Yes, I would take it then. So then you'd have like what a, a hard at one, hard let's just say hard at one, hard away. Yeah, that's funny. Hard away at two, uh, Bullock at three, Portis at four, Embiid at five. And then you'd have Maxi off the bench. Um, obviously, fill in players. We have, you know, a $5 million exception. And then you'd have Bertans at four. Um, yeah. Those, that's that's a pretty good just two benchers right there. Um, yeah, I, I don't. It's not. I mean, Boston's really doing it with seven players. <laughs> that's true. I mean, yeah. I know it's been a bit. Someone wrote an article recently about how targeting targeting defenders this playoffs has been huge. Like Boston targeted someone at all times. Miami tried targeting Boston's worst defender all the time whenever they could. Yeah, I mean, that's really have someone to target on that on that starting five. To be honest with you, yeah, I mean, that's what is it's always been in basketball. It's trying to target someone on the defensive end, just like they try to target them when you're, we're on offense. You want a guy to sh- you want certain guys to shoot. You want certain guys to defend. That's strategy. That's playing basketball. Mm-hmm. That's what happens in the playoff series when you play a team consecutively. Um, you have those days off. It's called making adjustments. That's, that's all it is. So it's not new to the game. But I feel like with the recent, in the last like 10 years or so, 10, 15 years with the uh, super team building, I feel like they, I feel like that became big again because you had such t- 
top heavy lineups were like three megastars and then two, and you know what I mean? Like, and, and then I feel like, oh, okay. So you're going to, you're going to give three top 10 players. Well, that other dude's not, and we're going to go at him every time now. And then you start seeing kind of the Boston's and even Golden State. Now they went away from the Durant. Now they have a more of like a, a balanced lineup of a bunch of guys who could put it on you now. Um, and Boston kind of has the same thing too. They're not that top heavy. I mean, they, right, they, they have main guys, but they still have, um, you know, guys that are not considered I mean, that, that aren't considered, you know, great offensive players. I mean, both teams still have still have that. Um, what I think they've gone to is they have guys that are that fit their role in their planet well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. I mean, they have guys that are playing their their role well. I mean, people still let Marcus Smart get wide open shots, okay. but he's really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they don't really. They won't guard Looney out there. They, I mean, they let other guys. I mean, Golden State has a collective more shooters um, that you got to play on the perimeter. But it's certain guys that they still, um, you know, don't guard as much. Um, they don't really. They, they don't really challenge Draymond. They wasn't yeah. really challenging um, Lil G. They don't challenge Looney. So it's guys out there that they still play like that. But. Draymond Greenland, for example, knows how to play basketball. So he can still be effective in other in different ways. Yeah. I don't think this is a I don't mind the deal. I mean, it's it's like a okay, we'll see what they do with other stuff. It's not like a, this is complete after this. I don't think this is a Maury kind of deal, though. Uh Maury, as he's proven, it likes to go for the biggest name possible and then fill in the gaps later on. Um, this doesn't sound like a very Maury deal to me, but um, it's interesting. It's going the other way. It's filling in the gaps with the trade and then, you know, helping get one more piece via free agency. So it's interesting to see that. Uh, it definitely helps our depth, but it doesn't give us that top end. That I know Maury covets. So interesting. Yeah, there's a trade that we have here. Uh, not this one, but a couple a couple of way that I'm I, I'm kind of a fan of just based on what you can do with it uh, after you do the trade. But um, our next, uh, our next hypothetical, uh, this one I'm not that big of a fan of. Some Sixers fans really like this trade. I'm meh. Uh, so in this scenario, we would trade Tobias Harris and Matisse Thibel to the Chicago Bulls for Zach Levine and Javante Green. How would you guys grade this trade for the Sixers? Um. There's that top end talent, by the way, we were just talking about. This is yeah, this is more I mean, I deal. That, yeah, I, I think that you could consider doing it because of Zach Levine. I think if you think that Zach Levine is, and from what I was told from you know one of my good friends that coached him, um, he's a high end talent, um, very skilled, very talented. I think you if if that's the case, and he's a guy that. You know, Philadelphia isn't really known to go get a guy like that in, in free agency. So if that's a guy that you you would you would go get in free agency, if you could and you got a chance to get him, I think that you got to take it. It's interesting because it's another one of those, even though it's a big name trade, it's still another one you're like, but what are we doing after that? Because yeah. you got Levine, yeah, Harden, and Maxi. Yeah, you leave. You're leaving. You're leaving some gaps. Yeah. So again, um, contingent on using the mid level, the MLE yeah. to get like a Bobby Portis at four because you'd ha- we don't have anyone to play that. Niang's not starting. Um, so then you'd have yeah, you'd have the top end. It's kind of one of those, and Maury does this too. Let's get him and figure it out. 
let's yeah. get let, let's just get him on the court, and then they're all really talented. Well, they'll figure it out because you know he did that with Chris Paul and Harden, uh, Harden and, and Westbrook. Things that other people didn't necessarily think of, he did it and was like, all right, they're great players. They'll figure it out on the floor. So this would definitely be one of those because again, if you're getting Levine. Are you saying you want to go Maxi Levine and Harden one two three, or are you going to put Maxi on the bench, and then have, you still have to get a three then at that point because yeah. you just traded Thibault. So now you're out a three and a four. You don't have yeah. either one anymore. You're not starting Corkmaz at three, not on a championship t- team. So that does create. Then what do you do? You try to trade twenty three to get someone, or I mean, yeah, that it's a very interesting. It, it, it's got the star aspect of it. And we take care of our six man position, which is important. Um, but then three and four, what do you what do you do there? So yeah. I still like it because I think I like going for the most talent possible. I I I like that aspect of it. And I assume if he did this, he has a plan for the three and four that he wants to get. I I assume. So yeah. yeah. Do you think this would hinder Maxi's development if we were to get Levine in and he would go to the six man role? Do you think it would hinder his development or no? I don't. You don't think so? No. Okay. I still think he plays the same way. Um, right, he plays more he, free. I think he plays right? the same way. And I think he play the same amount of minutes. Yeah. He yeah. probably still close games with the starters. Yeah. I mean, he played more free. He can do whatever the hell he wants as a six man. He can, do, he can go nuts at that, you know, no, no one only him back. No. James or me, James or me thing. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I've seen a lot of Sixers fans try to uh, put like the, when they do the starting five, they had uh, Levine playing three of that starting five. That's just like, that's too small of a, yeah. That's, I don't know. <laughs> Some matchups, sure, but not. Would not he be Jordan Jordan. Butler? Levine would be Garden Butler in that series, for instance. Yeah. I don't know about that. Mm. I think Butler would, would just try to bully him. Back him down and bully him. Yeah, and uh, Javante Green. I don't really know much about Javante Green. He's a he's a he's a three. He's a small forward. Yeah, yeah. that was small ball four. Okay, um, but you know he he could be utilized. Yes, I don't I don't see him as a starter, but a reserve player. Yeah, play good. I mean, play good minutes for them, but that, I think they also had a lot of injuries. They kind of put him in that position, but mm. yeah, he's 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 a three. He could play three and. Good depth. I mean, especially for, you know, try to package other people to get someone else. I mean, we'd have to to fill in the gaps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So th- this is the one that I'm a big fan of. Um, so this is the, our fourth hypothetical trade. So in this one, the Sixers would trade Tobias Harris and Matisse Thibel to the Hawks for John Collins, which would open up around $20 million for us on top of the mid level exceptions that we have. Um, how would you guys uh, grade this trade? I, I would say yes in a heartbeat to this one. I'm a big John Collins fan, but uh, what do you uh, what do you guys think? You know, this one right here is is a bold move, and I think you can't make this move unless you already know where that twenty million is going. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to know where that twenty million is going. <laughs> you got to have an idea. You got to have something because mm-hmm. it's like I said. You, you know, you can look at our history. Philadelphia hasn't got a lot of big time free agents. Yeah. And they're prime. Yeah. Be a free agency. Um, trade, draft, and all that. Yes. But free agency it hasn't happened very often. So I, I have to know where that's going. Because that's, that's, it's enticing. And hopefully it can be done. And as far as 
getting that kind of cash and being able to move it to some, you know, basically starters or starter. Um, but, you know, is that, and also is that one player or is that two? Because, you know, that's the, um, <laughs> you know, that's more information. Yeah. I mean, that's more, you know, information needed because that could be just one player now with the salaries the guys have, you know. Yeah. I get the logic for it. Um, you know, take a guy who's very similar in um, certain skill sets. Uh, give us the rebounding. He's a good. He's a good shooter. I think he's a. I think the last three years he's been shooting forty percent from three. Um, so it gives you elements of of what Tobias does at twelve less million. And then you have the the, the Matisse contract. So it'd be like a sixteen, seventeen. I think when you take both out. Um, so yeah, freeing up that. But yeah, with that, it's also what are you doing next? Because we need to know what's going to happen. Because this is all contingent. It's great you're going to free up money, but you need to know what's going to happen with Harden and his salary. So I this would be contingent on what they've already maybe talked to Harden about accepting and what he's cool with taking. Um, obviously, less money because if not, it just goes right to Harden. And then what the hell was that for? Um, but yeah, they've already had these things in place. Then yeah, to, to save. 16 million there divert that somewhere else you know get us a, a legit we, we, we need a legit starting three at that point because you just lost two players who gave us 25 minutes a game and 33 34 minutes a game we're getting Collins which is great he, I think he fit in really well at four but now we don't have a three so you know uh it would have to come with another piece I've seen a lot of these deals too I think another one I read was for um Another popular one was for Harrison Barnes, who makes even less than Collins. Get Harrison Barnes, save $20 million, put that somewhere else. I get it. I, I get why we're doing that. We're trying to, you know, we don't, I guess, teams and, and, and Maury might not see a need to have $38 million at the four position. We can get a guy who does what Tobias does, not like 100% what he does, less ISO scoring, but a good shooter, a good rebounder. We can get him for, you know, 15, 20 million less. We should probably do that if we can. Um, but Harris's contract is so rough that you're also going to need to give away other things to be able to do that. So, yes, you are getting rid of it, getting a, a similar player for less money, but you're also giving away Matisse or asset to do it. So if they have a plan of what they're going to do in BCD, then I, I would be I would be for it. But uh, it really depends on what a hypothetical things have to happen after this, which is, which is huge. Yeah. I've seen uh, the, the Harrison Barnes, where I saw someone doing a mock trade, there's a million mock trades out there. I saw someone trading uh, to buy to Sacramento, uh, getting Harrison Barnes and ha- being able to free up money to sign TJ Warren and have him as those two as your three and four. Uh, with- hey, <laughs> I'd be fine with that. I'd be, I'd be, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a bigger three. Harrison Barnes, you're losing rebounding from Tobias because I think he averaged like five a game. Mm-hmm. But then Warren's a pretty big three, so you're you're getting a little more size overall on your starting five. I would be yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, everyone's a GM on Twitter, so uh, yeah, <laughs> that great 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 trades. You know, those are all star rosters. Um, okay, so our final uh, hypothetical trade. Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, mixed bag on this one, but. Um, the Sixers would trade Matisse Thibel and Danny Green, and in this case, we would guarantee Green's salary at $10 million uh, to send them to the Wizards for uh, Contivious Caldwell-Pope, KCP. Uh, how would you guys um, grade this trade? 
this would be essentially Matisse for KCP, because uh, you know Green will probably be out for the rest of the season. Um, this is a right now trade. Oh yeah, your, yeah. Your window's small and closing. Yes, you make this trade. You got a, a more proven guy that's playing the same role as Bible. Yeah, I love it. I, I love it. I, I think it's. Um, I mean, if they had the same, if KCP was on a contract for longer, I don't even know if they would do it. But he's only got one year left, so Washington might be thinking, "Hey, like we're we're going to youth movement anyway." We're rebuilding for the future. What's the point of signing KCP to a three or four year deal at 15 to 20 a year? Um, they might just want to do it. We'd be losing the potential of Thibel becoming more, but yeah, I mean, like Eric said, I, I think uh, it, it puts him like a win now three to put right in there. He'd fit. I think he'd fit. He's been a popular one for like a few years to put on this team with MB because I think he plays defense. Um, he's a hard nosed player. He can shoot. Um I think even with the Wizards toward the end of the year, he was putting up some really good stats for them when they needed him to. Yeah. Uh, he wouldn't have that role with us. It'd be mostly open three-pointers for him. But, uh, yeah, I think it would I think it'd be great. Um, and then if we could figure out a way to still shed a couple million, um, then we could still get under the, 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 the allotment of cap space and we could still have the MLE to spend on, uh, you know, on someone. With, with a trade like that, for example – that that's a trade you guys we would we wouldn't touch on the four positions we probably keep Tobias in the squad and just kind of you're filling in that three gap and then trying to spend money for depth at that point is that is that what that kind of trade would be? I mean I think that it's yeah I mean I think that if you're making that trade you're making that trade to put a more proven guy in the position of of that you need or you want I mean I think that he fits the mold and the the style. Um, four to three and D that you want. So I, I, I don't see no other reason to make it other than you want a more proven guy in that role. Yeah, I think with the extra MLE and the, and, and the biannual, I think you would try – you would get a good backup, a legit backup five once again for Embiid, and then you get a good uh, six-man off the bench. And I, I, think you'd be, I think you'd be done at that point. I mean, your lineup would be Harden, Maxi. KCP, Tobias, and Embiid. I mean, <laughs> with a healthy Embiid, I think that lineup would beat. Hopefully, would have beaten the Heat. I mean, that's a that's a good starting five. You need the better bench, which we lost when we did that trade. So hopefully, between the two exceptions, we could get a backup, a legit backup five, and you know, someone who can maybe turn on some heat on the bench. Yeah. Now, if you were the Wizards, would you, would you do that trade, Eric? Um, I think it came down to what, what you what you all said. Um, with, what what are they going to do as far as who they're bringing in? I think it kind of depends on um, what they do with Bill. Um, if they give him that extension and they got the who they have around him, and I think if you you're paying him and you're saying, "Hey, we're trying to make the playoffs," I don't think you make that trade. But if you're saying, "Hey, we're we're paying him and we're going young." Yes, I think you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I don't see why they wouldn't do it. It's like KCP is tied to their future at this point. He's got one more deal, one more year left. Are they going to pay him money after that? You have Thibel pretty cheap for two more years. So, you know, it gives them more time to figure out how they want to build around Beal. And they could always trade Thibel next year if they wanted to. So it, it creates options for them. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. There's um 
There's one I just saw recently. I heard the Cavs are uh, interested in Tobias. That's one of the many people on their short list of guys to look into. Yeah. Um, I, so I've, was, I've seen a few of uh, proposals on, online of those too. I, I, I didn't mention those just because, you know, I, I, they weren't they were sexy names to me, but now they were, of course not. But, you know, Eric, would you do Osman and Kevin Love for Tobias Harris? I mean, I might do that. I mean, you get, I mean, I, I might do that. I think Kevin has won a championship and played a major role and had a way uh, much better season than people anticipated. Um, you can get a guy that has started at three. Um, I might do that. And, and, and Kevin can also be your backup five. Yeah, he can. Yeah. I mean, I think he played, he played 74 games last year, right? Very, yeah. very health, very, very healthy for him, but he only averaged 22 minutes a game last year. So they were really smart in how they, how they worked him out. Like, you know, if we play you less, we can play you more. So um, I think with us, we'd probably need to go up a little bit. I wouldn't want to do too much. I don't want him to get injured, but I mean, yeah, if, I think, yeah, I think love would fit in pretty well he, on off nights for Embiid. He could play small ball five. Uh, he's a good stretch I mean, for. I, I would do it, and then, but it has to be more beneficial from a cap space, either in the future or, or presently. I think the cap hit, as far as going forward, would have to be better. It couldn't be worse. Yeah. Um, so Love makes twenty eight. He makes about ten less than Tobias. But the beauty of Love is, it's it's his last year. So if yeah. we wanted to clear that out and be like, all right, this didn't work. Um, we can do that. And Osman makes like six or seven. His contract's pretty, pretty reasonable, actually. So if you were doing this, it'd be like, okay, you know, if it doesn't work, then, you know, we get 28 million off our cap next year. And then, you know, um, again, that would also depend on what they want to do with Harden and whatnot, but they can still fill out other positions on there. They could still get that Portis type and you could split minutes with Portis and love, which would be pretty good if you're four. Yeah, I get it. What would Seti star at three? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in that deal, I didn't even see Thibel. So you go, you, you go Osman and Thibel at three switching off. That's pretty good offense defense. Yeah. I mean, that's that a good shooter. Not sexy names in that trade, but I mean, I, I, as you guys yeah. said, that way it, it makes sense on, on, on that lineup. Yeah. But. It's kind of like a bizarre version of that Dallas trade, really, except you're not getting two of those guys. Yeah. Um, you're getting like two wings and like a, a, a real poor man's version of what love is with Bertans. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, so it's a, uh, it's close to that, but you're getting two better wings than Osman, but you're also getting a worse four with Bertans. So it's like, pick your poison. What do you want to have a worse four or worse wings? It's like, yeah. you know, I guess see who's more available in free agency. Yeah. Well, I mean, if any of these trades, I mean, if some of these trades come, Come to fruition, you know. Obviously, what you—it's never that one trade. It's the uh, other moves you guys, that you guys, you guys said the ones after that trade, or the ones that the follow-up. So that's the uh, well, the puzzle pieces will fall, fall together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first chip uh, of kind of these trades, we'll kind of uh, we'll find out tonight um, as the Brooklyn Nets have to disclose if they were going to take our pick this year by uh, midnight tonight or at the, whatever whatever the deadline is by by June. Uh, 4th. Five, I think it's five p.m. tomorrow. Five p.m. tomorrow. Okay, so it's by mm-hmm. by tomorrow. So. Yeah, and that's that's our boy Tage's birthday tomorrow. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we get our, our first round as our gift. Thanks, man. <laughs> Give us number twenty-three. 
for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, fellas, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week as we discuss uh, possible guys we could draft at number 23 if that uh, does come to fruition. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that next week. So we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.